0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Retro Pop. I am one of your hosts. I am Weird Johnny Townsend. I'm joined by uh, Mr. Weird Matt Johnson.
1: I am weird. I mean, last week we, or last time we talked, we did do an episode on the Weather Channel, so it doesn't get much more weirder than that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, um, uh, but it is, uh, you, I mean, it, it is good to see you, bud. Uh, it is good to see you. I'm very, very excited for today's topic and I uh, hope you're doing well
0: yeah i you know originally i was like if you're gonna do weather channel maybe i should do uh, you know qvc but <laughs> i i went against that instinct and decided to cover weird al Yankovic. so man i think we should get into our personal history of the man of weird We've been And this guy, despite the fact that I've never met him, <laughs> is yeah beyond special to me, and was kind of vital in when I was, especially when I was younger. He was vital in helping shape my sense of humor, for sure. Oh yeah, I mean when I was in middle school, which is when I kind of discovered him. That's also when I discovered. I can make a joke. I know it sounds weird, but I literally I don't remember my first joke, but I remember getting a laugh from it in class. <laughs> like I remember getting a laugh and then that high was always there from then on out. You know, right. I wanted to chase that. And uh and then I discovered Weird Al Yankovic and especially discovered the song Amish Paradise, <laughs> which has a history on its own, which I will get into later. But that song stood out to me because I grew up in a Mennonite church, Matt, and this was the first mainstream thing that i ever saw even mention Mennonites in it. And it was this song It has the has a line about Mennonites. And I was like, well, I got to check out who this guy is. He know he knows all about me. <laughs> and man, I was hooked from then on out just to this day. Uh, you know, I, I love this guy. He 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 just helped shape so much. For me to so blame him if you hate me, <laughs> he's one of the ones uh, you could blame for that. I could definitely, uh, I, I I could definitely
1: see some para some parallels between a, a personality. I could definitely see it, and that's that's. Yeah, I, uh, I don't hate. Just to clarify, I do not hate. Um, I do not hate Mr. Johnny Townsend. I think he's, uh, I think he's hilarious. Just like just like Weird
0: Al Yankovic, just perfect. and so here's your money man thank you for saying that Uh, but yeah we uh it's just and he was also one of those uh he was kind of divisive in a way i mean overall most people like him but some people just can't stand him like some people are not fans at all i don't understand uh, i don't understand that i don't get it either i don't get it either like he's harmless uh you know uh, he's uh, he's very like his humor is very uh pg at most He's very clean, you know. Uh, so to me, he was a really good leaping ground for me when it came to humor and such, uh, you know. And being able to mix music with humor is not easy. That's it's not easy at all. No, and he does, yeah, and he does it, you know, seemingly flawlessly. especially since he's got a really good band that backs him up too. Uh, but he's so good and. He's the only guy I know who can really uh make an accordion sound amazing. <laughs> yeah, he that?
1: he does have a uh he does have a very incredible uh, talent with that that's, uh, that that dang old accordion. Uh my first impression of of Weird Al Yankovic, I think it was in the early 2000s. Uh I think oh man, it was a it might have been a a music video when, when MTV and uh, VH1 actually played those on their channels. Uh, I used to love the VH, uh, the VH1 because it had like the little bubbles. It was like in a water thing, but it was, I forget it was a music video for something. And and, uh, I I discovered him, but when I got really, really into Weird Al Yankovic, it was actually my sophomore year of high school when, uh, oh, was it sophomore? It might've been fresh. No, it might've been freshman year, freshman Christmas uh, when his he came out with uh the white and nerdy song. All right, that song was huge. I oh it was so good. Uh, and we'll get into to how huge it was, but uh this like I asked for the album for Christmas. Um, uh, like my parents were like really Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> why? <laughs> like it was, i I I got that and then the Fray was really big, so it was really weird. Like the Fray was like cool. They had a couple cool songs <laughs> that song. I got. I got. Yeah. The, I got Weird Al Yankovic, like what's going on? Like what, what is he listening to? Um, This is where I knew my taste in music was all over the place, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I got a Weird Al Yankovic album and, you know, I I definitely attest to, you know, the personality thing. I don't know about you, uh, but when I get bored, I start making parody songs in my head or if I, I've, yes. if I have like a moment. Um, We had this this mean guy at work. He was a very mean guy. And he was a very, he was, he he was a, he was a large fella. So anytime he'd be mean to us, we, uh, me and a couple other guys, we'd sing songs about eating and being big and they were inspired by, you know, some of the works of weird Al Yankovic. Um, I, I don't know if I can sing them for you on the spot, but just so <laughs> you know, a couple of my songs were as follows um an acdc parody of tnt called blt um i I like it i like it highway to taco bell instead of (laughs) highway to hell
0: yeah i like that one
1: um kfc123 inspired by uh the jackson five um oh god there were so many other good ones but i just we just do it we just go and it would make the day go by quicker and we'd sing and the guy would get mad And, uh, but we'd, we'd sing, you know, we'd sing him to death. That's what (laughs) we would do. Uh, but I, I don't think I'm doing that if I didn't have weird Al Yankovic in my lifetime, uh, he's a legend. I've been like listening, like as soon as you said it two weeks ago that we were doing this episode, I was like, okay, I got Apple music. What's, we're going to listen to everything. And I found songs that I had never even heard of, uh, before. I never even listened to never knew they existed while I was listening to his discography and, the guy's a legend. Like, I I know there's a lot of people that we'll will talk about this too that turned down offers for Weird Al to to do it. Like, what a badge of honor. Right, yes, I would be honored if Weird Al's like, I want to parody of your song." Yeah, most people were
0: honored. Most fairness. people were. That is true. Yeah. That is yeah. true.
1: But yeah, uh, and some came around
0: to it. <laughs> yes, yes, they uh, did. It took a little while, but yeah, that yeah.
1: is uh, that's my personal history with Weird Al.
0: Yeah, he's so big that he literally defines his genre that he's in Uh, you know like you say oh that's the weird out like he's like weird anybody who comes along who does music musical comedy is compared to him you're right he he has a unique he
1: he is like the oh boy i'm trying to find a comparison here he is the nwa (laughs) like with nwa is to rap uh i feel like he is into like parody music for comedy music yeah
0: he was born near Compton, so there we go. There we go. I'm not too far from it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now let's get into the history, or the biography, I guess in this case, of Weird Al Yankovic. Alfred Matthew Yankovich was born on October 23rd, 1959 in Linwood, California, which is, like I said, not too far from Compton, California, where a lot of your really famous rappers were, came from Uh, Linwood uh, bred uh, Weird Al. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Everything comes full circle. Uh, (laughs) i watched i watched a one of the documentaries about his life i can't remember if it was like uh, behind the music or something like that and uh, they were following him around when he went back to his hometown that he was born in and it looks like just like this you know a lot of white people (laughs) community and uh, apparently had a really fun childhood like he has you know a lot of your artists and stuff have like terrible things that happened to them and such, you know, some tragedies. He escaped that for the most part. Thankfully, his dad was actually a World War II hero. His daddy uh, had, uh, he got a purple heart and everything like that. And uh, they were very, he was an only child and they were very encouraging of him and also quite protective, he likes to say. So you know, you know how uh, the only child syndrome is. Uh, We all. I wish I knew. Oh, we know. I knew people,
1: but I wish (laughs) I knew. My (laughs) my thunder got stolen within two years, so and it's haunted me ever since. Same. Where I am. Twenty nine years later, and I'm still just like I'm a I'm a ruined person because I had siblings. But yeah, yeah, same boat, same boat. (laughs) But I knew plenty of people
0: who were only children. In fact, one of my neighbors growing up was an only child, and he got everything. But the greatest thing was I got to go hang out with him a lot and I got to play those things. So uh, thank you for letting me play Sega CD, Clayton. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but uh, Weird Al, uh, when he was six or seven, around that age, uh, this, this guy was going around the neighborhood soliciting, saying, hey, I'll teach you either the guitar or the accordion. Those were the two choices. His parents, uh, with the infinite wisdom, thought he would look uh didn't realize how cool he would look later knowing how to play the accordion uh so they chose accordion lessons for him i just made the guitar can- lesson i just made the connection
1: between this and why he does so much polka polka <laughs> yes stuff. i literally yes. just made the
0: the i just made that comparison <laughs> uh and the reasoning the reasoning is super sound the reasoning is there was a guy uh, I'm blanking on his name. I should have, I should have written it down, but there was a guy who was considered the polka King during like years before. And his last name happened to be Yankovic. Oh, Frankie. Yes. Frankie Yankovic. Yes. Um, yeah. Not related. Right. Not related yeah. at all, but, but that's why they said. Do the
1: accordion. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the, because of that. The quote is they figured there should be one, at least one more accordion playing Yankovic in the world. That was the yeah. quote verbatim. Um, yeah, well that hey <laughs> it that I I think Weird Al's a little bit bigger
0: than Frankie. <laughs> yeah, I would I would dare say that. No. Yeah. Uh but one thing you'll notice about Weird Al, uh the more that you learn about him is you wouldn't think this, but he's actually a quite like a shy reserved type guy, like in his personality. I don't and I don't know. Which is wild, right? It's wild. It. <laughs> Everybody says that about him though. Like his wife and all his friends—that's what they say about him. But uh, when he was in his early teens, one of his friends led him to the Doctor Demento show, which was this radio show where Doctor Demento, Demento, who was the host, would just play uh, songs you don't normally hear or weird or comedy songs, like your weird, your comedy songs, your B sides, uh, that type of thing. That's what he kind of specialized in, and. Al just took to it. He just took to it and became a huge fan of this dude. And in 1973, he even got to meet him when he was still in high school. Dr. Demento actually spoke at Al's high school and got to meet him. And, and, and Al tells the story about getting an autograph and all this stuff. And and this was also about the time where Weird Al decides, I, I know how to play accordion. And he would learn how to play, uh, like he famously tells a story about there's this elton john song that he really liked and he learned to play the whole thing on accordion and that kind of led to i to do parodies and stuff and that with the combination of dr demento that's kind of where he was born and when he was 16 around that age he he, he gave demento a uh a mixtape or whatever what do you want to call those uh just had a couple of songs on it and then he recorded. We'll call it a mixtape
1: because it sounds way better. Plus,
0: he's from yeah.
1: California, so.
0: Yeah, there uh, we go. And
1: uh, Mixtape with the accordion. That kinda, <laughs> yes. a mix, Listen, an accordion
0: mixtape. <laughs> Listen to my stuff, <laughs> bro. Let me know how you feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> and that uh, kind of led to the launching of his career. Uh, Demento liked it and started playing some of these songs. And soon he became kind of like a regular uh, – uh, He's on regular ro- rotation with Dr. Nemento and his stuff. So uh, that's kind of his first uh, intro into all that, really kind of getting get his feet wet in, this, in, in the music business. But then he goes to college, and he goes to the California uh, Polytechnic State University to study architecture. So that was his plan actually. His plan originally was to do architecture. Hmm. But while he's I, there, he joined the campus radio station. Go ahead, Matt. No. Uh, it, it's, it, it's, I mean,
1: it's a cool major, but obviously he didn't he did not he did not need it. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. He did yeah, he did get a bachelor's degree in in architecture, actually. Right, right. But yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's a spooler alert. He graduates. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Yeah. An, an artist, a famous celebrity graduates from college? They yeah. don't just quit everything and 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 do, you know, do what they're good at. That's wild. Yeah, good head on his shoulders. Good head on his shoulders.
0: Oh yes, oh yes. So, but while he's there in college, he joins a campus radio station, and gets his own show, on there. And he needed he needed a name. He's like everybody else there has cool names. He goes with Weird Al. How did he come up with this name? I've literally seen three or four different things that say how he got it. Uh, like one of them said that. You know, uh, he was very, like I said, he was very shy and reserved. So he's kind of a loner at times. And people are like, well, that guy's weird. And that's how he kind of got it. Weird Al, people start calling him Weird Al. And another reason that I saw was because he just like listening and, and playing weird stuff. <laughs> so that's how he got Weird Al. But either way, uh, that's what he called it. And the name stuck. Uh, you know, he, he had his own show. And what's really funny about this time, too, later on, he would actually get kicked off the show. Like, kicked off the, the radio uh, for being too uh, pushing too many boundaries, they say. Um, but this was also the same time where he came out with, uh, at the same time, the Knacks had a huge hit called My Sharona. And I'm sure everybody's heard it. My, 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 Sharona, that song. And he thought it would be funny to do uh, My, 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 my Bologna. <laughs> and he comes out with My Bologna. It gets played, and it somehow becomes like an underground hit. It, it goes farther than Dr. Domeno starts getting some you know, backing behind it. People were like, oh, this is great. Because my Sharona" was huge. I don't think people realize how huge that song was. It was a humongous hit. Oh, yeah. You but can this, still hear it on the radio version, regularly today. Like, it, Oh, it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, Al's version uh, was so popular that even the Knacks themselves would eventually hear it. And they loved it. <laughs> they absolutely <laughs> loved it. They loved it so much that they convinced that the own, their own label that they were on Capital. they were on Capitol Records, they convinced them and said, hey, you should release this as a, as a single. And they did. So uh, that's kind of the first step in in all this. That's so cool. So in 1980, he, of course, graduates uh, as Matt already. Dis- he just destroyed my thunder there. My bad. <laughs> I didn't know where you're going. Hey, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time as he's graduating, that's when he also records. Another one rides the bus. And this thing became a sensation. That one really, really kicked off his career. Another one rides the bus. And uh, I guess that's where he decides, you know what? I can kind of do this music thing instead of this architecture thing. even though he has the degree in it. So he's like, Oh, I'll, I'll just do this. So that actually even led to him getting to put out his first LP just called weird Al. And just side note, if anybody wants to send me, and since I collect, uh, you know, records now, send me a weird Al record. That'd be great. Uh, just shameless plug for myself. <laughs> but another thing that really helped weird Al get huge is as he was growing up in the music industry. So was a little thing called MTV.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was coming along just as MTV was as well. And I'm not talking about the MTV today. I'm talking about when they actually did play music. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about like Weird Al and like 16 and Pregnant.
1: I thought you were talking about that, that yes. MTV, MTV. Yeah. Or Jersey yes. Shore. <laughs> yeah, Weird
0: Al on Jersey Weird, Shore. Weird on the Jersey watch, Shore. I actually love that idea. <laughs> I, I would 100% watch that. without hesitation. <laughs> I, but, uh, Weird Al... Would take full advantage of this new medium, this new music video medium, and start making music videos. And these things took off. They became in the regular rotation on MTV. I remember seeing them plenty of times on MTV. Uh, I remember them making a big deal anytime he made a new music video and them playing it on MTV. 100%. He was <laughs> the first of his kind,
1: absolutely. You know, first of it, you know, these parody singers and, and just how good he was with it um yeah Yeah. i can understand like you know everybody i mean that's how i felt when i bought that white nerdy album um there when i got that for christmas that's how i felt like i was like oh my god this is a big deal like i want to go backwards and find out you know all his discography people loved i mean just worshipped him
0: once he got known yes and from then on out he just grew and got bigger and bigger and bigger and literally defines his genre today uh he's gotten so big that he's put out movies uhf uh, he's, uh, put out uh, plenty of music videos. He actually has other, he's had other artists, uh, music, uh, people like get him to direct their videos of people. You wouldn't even know about like Ben folds. He's directed a Ben folds video and all this kind of stuff because he's just really good at it. <laughs> good at it. Uh, he's had his own TV show at one point. And I remember that show. Cause I would make sure I'd watch it, it was on Saturday mornings. It didn't last very long, but it was there, and uh, he's still sought after today. He you see his handiwork all the time. I don't I don't remember when the last time he put out an album because I tried to stay away from stats.
1: Is uh 2014 I think was his last mm. one.
0: No, so it's been a while. Yeah,
1: that yeah. The, uh he's kind of moved away from because I mean people don't buy CDs anymore. It's it's right. Okay. Uh, the online thing, I'm not sure how the financial aspect works with online like digital music release, but um I don't think it's the same as what it was when he got started, right? So,
0: Yeah, uh, but he still tours, and well, I mean, before, obviously, the uh, the world stopped there for a while. Yeah, He still tours, and those shows are pretty amazing. That's the one show I wish I'd gotten to see. It was a weird-ass show, because I've obviously seen videos of them, and they look incredible. They're full-on there might as well be like a full on uh presentation <laughs> I guess. I'm kind of the full on cuz he show
1: he w- did a show 15 minutes away from my 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 apartment. And I know Oh knew. man. in Lewiston, New York oh, uh man. at the AR Park. I don't know what I was doing uh, uh, but I I would have loved to go. I mean I'm not much of a concert guy but I would have I would have went
0: to a Weird Al show easily, easily. Yes. Easily. yes. But you can you can kind of look back at Weird Al's career and kind of break it down into when uh, songs kind of brought him back, you know, because when he was first coming out, people were like, "This guy's not gonna last very long," uh, you know. He seemed like a, more like a, uh, you know, a, a gimmick, an act that was just be like a one-hit wonder or a gimmick, yeah. But however, like you know, he would come back because, of it. maybe he'd do Michael Jackson was huge, and he would uh, do some parodies of Michael Jackson songs. Or you know, Nirvana was huge, and he did a parody of a Nirvana song, and that would make him, and that would kind of bring him back. And people just uh, started to realize this guy's not going anywhere; <laughs> uh, he's kind of here to stay, and that's the truth. He's still here today; he's still making music. I think he just now releases them differently than he did before. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next Weird Al song. We, I got a lot more to say about him, but it's in the Nose. But in the meantime. Man, I think it's time for us to get into some maths. Uh stats. I met them in a swamp down in Dagobah where it bubbles all the time like a giant carbonated soda. soda, soda. I saw the little wren sitting there on a log him his name and in a raspy voice he said yoda yoda,
1: yoda. all right it is yoda, time yoda, for matt stats and boy oh boy do we got a lot it's probably the most i've had in... well it's the most i've had since the pro wrestling episode when the website crashed so it's it's been a long time since we've had this many <laughs> stats <laughs> that'll, that'll continue to be hot my uh Retro pop career. All right. So, uh, since the debut of his first comedy song in 1976, Weird Al Yankovic has sold more than 12 million albums, way, way, way more than any comedy act in history. Um, he's recorded at least 150 parodies and original songs, and uh, he's performed more than 1,000 live shows. I actually have the specific number 1,067 concerts he has participated in. Um, let's see, he's done, uh, where is it? He's done several tours. I think six tours His highest tour ever was the mandatory world tour, which took place between May 12th, 2015 and, uh, September 24th, 2016. He did almost 200 shows, 182 shows in North America, 10 in Europe, six in Australia. Yeah. 198 in, in, in all in total, which is quite the. Uh, uh, that's quite a tour. That's quite a tour. He, oh he's, yeah. done, he's done several others. His next closest one was like 147 shows for the Poodle Hat tour, between uh, June 19th, 2003, and September 25th, 2004. So the guy gets he. He stays busy. Let's just say that um, his smallest tour, his shortest tour, I think was. 31 shows, the Alcan tour, uh, which took place between February 23rd, 1995 and April 8th, 1995. That is his shortest one. As far as his, uh, as far as his discography goes, he has uh, 14 studio albums to his credit, 10 compilation albums, 11 video albums. I didn't know that they considered they do video albums. Uh 54 music videos. We talked a lot about the MTV and VH1 aspect of it. 54 music videos is a lot of music videos, but Weird Al is just the ham for the camera, I guess. Uh 40, 46 singles, uh, two EPs. He's uh he's let's see. We'll 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 run through uh we'll run through his his personal studio albums and uh just kind of where they they topped off of the charts. All right? The very first one, Weird Al Yankovic. Uh Released April 1983, uh, 139th on, uh, in the U.S. charts. That was uh, not one of his better ones, uh, but it's the first one. He kept going. Uh, second one, Weird Al Yankovic in 3D, released on February 20th, 1984. Uh, top U.S., uh, uh, 17th in the U.S. charts, 16th in Canada, uh, and he cracked the, uh, the top 100 in Australia as well. Uh, his best one, though is one of his better ones is that straight out of Linwood one. The one that I received for Christmas in 2000 oh, it would have been my sophomore year. Then, uh, September twenty sixth, 2006, uh, number 10 in the United States, number one. in uh, what is us com? I don't know, but that is good. Uh, he got a number one in that, uh, 27 in Australia, which he's really, really big in Australia, apparently. And then 26th
0: in Canada. So, um, yeah australia has a great sense of humor overall i think it kind of helps oh de- uh, definitely the one thing that also helped with that album was that the, that white and nerdy song uh the uh who's the original artist is it chameleon Air or something like that i think, I his name. think so yeah something Ryan, like that yeah it's not music i'm familiar with so i'm very ignorant about it but uh he loved it like that dude loved it so much as he's the one who leaked it he leaked it on his own website yes and it got huge because of that <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it was Matt. I mean, that's that's a huge endorsement, and then he wasn't the only guy to kind of help out Weird Al in that regard, obviously, um, which we talked about. Yeah, White and Nerdy was the highest. Uh, it, it was the it peaked the highest uh, for any of Weird Al's music in the United States. It uh, ninth at one point in let's see in two thousand and six. This next second highest one was uh, Eat It, which was number twelve in nineteen eighty four. So um he's done like I said he's done very well for himself for a very unique uh kind of niche role. Uh let's see what else here. I got a couple of other things. Uh we've mentioned 140 songs, 1000 live shows, uh 5 Grammy awards, 11 nominations in total, four gold records, six platinum records. Um and so, Let's see. Oh, that 12 million, million albums number is as of 2007 as well. So it's probably could very well be much, much bigger. Uh, YouTube, it, the YouTube statistics. We did this one for the Johnny Cash. This is courtesy of KWORB, K-W-O-R-B dot net slash YouTube slash artist. Um, White Nerdy is the highest viewed Weird Al Yankovic, uh, you know, video ever. Uh it updates, I think, on a regular basis, this this page, 21,200 views as of yesterday and a lifetime of 147.6 million. Amish Paradise is second with 94.9 million uh, views. And Fat is number three at 62.8 million. Also, um, here's a cool little thing. Weird Al is the is one of only three artists who have achieved a top 40 hit every decade since the 1980s. Uh, 1984's Eat It was number 12. I think we already mentioned that. 1992's Smells Like Nirvana was number 35. 2006's White and Nerdy was number 9, and just cracking in the top 40 for this last decade, uh, 2014's World Crimes, or Word Crimes, excuse me, number 39 that, that dropped in. The other two are Michael Jackson and Madonna, who have accomplished that. Wow. So that's uh, amazing company to kind of be in. Yeah. Uh... Okay, the uh, last, I think this is the last little bit. I might have one more. He has a fascination with the number 27. All right, uh, Weird Al has a fascination with, the, fascination with the number 27. It's made a lot of appearances in all of his content. Uh, I'll read off some of the examples. There's, there's kind of a bit here, but um, in a lot of his work, the number 27 uh, appears. In the song Cable TV, Yankovic mentions he's seen Porky's 27 times. Yankovic's album, Even Worse, was released in 1988 and peaked on the album chart at number 27. In Nature Nature Trail to Hell, a song making fun of a fictional horror movie, also called Nature Trail to Hell, the words Nature Trail to Hell are uttered 27 times. There's a lyric in The Biggest Ball of Twin in Minnesota about a group of kids singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall 27 times in one day. The narrator hits the, the snooze button 27 times and calling in sick. Every 27th customer will get a ball pen ha, uh, hammer free, uh, according to Yankovic's hardware store. And confet. oh, wow, that I just listened to this on the other day too. In Confessions Park 3, uh, Yankovic claims to not have changed his underwear in 27 days. Running with scissors, Yankovic is dressed in a running outfit, his number 27. His license plate on the cover of Straight Out of Linwood read, reads uh, 027 Nly. Um Yankovic appears in the movie The Naked Gun, two and a half, the smell of fear. Guess what minute of the movie he, that he appears in, Johnny?
0: Uh 45. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> no. The, yeah, the, 20, the 27th minute. Do you know why he has this fascination? I
1: found this out. I don't know because he's never given a straight answer. He kind of reminds me of the Joker when he's
0: explaining how did he get these (laughs) cars. But um, the answer that I saw was that he just thinks the numbers funny. (laughs) I mean, it works. He was randomly doing it, and then fans caught on, so now he makes sure he does it. Basically, (laughs) he's kind of the story behind it. Yeah, because this is the one quote I found about it.
1: In a 2001 interview, he a reporter asked him what was the significance, and he goes, I thought it was fairly obvious, but if you need me to explain it, it's the cube root of 19,683. So, it's like, <laughs> 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 so yeah, uh, let's see. UHF, uh, when it was released on DVD, 27 chapters. Uh, the UPC and ISBN codes both included 27 Um
0: Oh, yeah. UHF is also a fascinating story too because when it came out it came out uh, with some other huge movies so it was a col- it was a colossal failure in the theaters like it it flopped hard It was only in the theaters for two weeks I think they said that the quick, saw. Huh? yeah wow. uh, so it just flopped crazy hard but then the DVD came around and that thing became a cult hit so it paid for itself decades later pretty much <laughs> well that's good that's that's yeah. actually it's obviously a very very good thing.
1: Um, all right. Here we got a couple more here uh, in the video just released for foil, a parody of Lord's Royals, which mocks conspiracy theorists. There's a scene of a fake moon landing A clipboard reads take 27 or a clapboard. Excuse me. Um, this is kind of a stretch, but Yankovic's mother's birthday was born February 7th or two slash seven. Also, his wife's birthday is two slash seven. Pretty crazy there. Yankovic once appeared on a celebrity edition of Wheel of a Fortune. His winnings, $27,800. And in 1985, Yankovic won his first Grammy Award for Eat It in the Best Comedy Recording category. It was the 27th annual Grammy Awards. Like, (laughs) destiny, man. Yeah. It's it's honestly unbelievable. But that is it for the Matt Stats portion of the show. Let's head on over to Johnny's. Did you know?
0: Riding the bus down the boulevard, and the people are We have a lot of fun stuff here, a lot of fun stuff. So let's start out with when he was a young lad. Uh, you know, we've kind of alluded to the fact that Weird Al is a really smart dude, but not only did he start kindergarten a year early, he also uh, skipped the second grade, and I would have he got beat, grade. got beat up a lot for that. He got beat up because of it. Well, you know, when you're in the you're the, the the younger kid, and and with a lot of older kids, it's kind of out of that syndrome, and he had to deal with that pretty much going into the early years of uh school, but. Uh, He said he learned to run fast, so So I guess that's a good thing. All right, that hit song, My Bologna, that I talked about before, he legit recorded that in the bathroom across from the college radio station. (laughs) He found a microphone with a long enough cord to it and took all the stuff he needed in there because he liked the acoustics and everything. Because I'll tell you, man, I don't know what it is about bathrooms, but the acoustics in any bathroom that I've ever been in are phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) They are
1: very nice, you're you're yeah. not wrong about that at all. They are wonderful, wonderful.
0: That's why I will sing in every bathroom that I ever enter. <laughs> and uh, he, he uh, so that's where he recorded that, which is pretty wild because it became one of the songs that really helped him get a foot into this new career for him. Uh, Weird Al technically does not have to get mission. From the artist to do parodies of their songs, it's under the Fair Use Act because he's doing them for comedy. He's not just literally re-recording their songs, so he doesn't does not, from a legal standpoint have to get permission. He just does it because he feels better about it, <laughs> which I think is a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice, it's honestly yeah.
1: a nice respectful gesture. You know, there's a lot of yes. music out there, and that's yeah, that that's 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 not a lot of people would do that. They would just kind of take it and, and and whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And not a lot of people, we kind of alluded to this. There's only a small percentage who have just flat out told him, no, we'll get into the big one here at the end. Cause I found it the most fascinating, but uh, you know, a few times like uh, he got to uh, my most artists just tell him yes. Cause it's an honor. Uh, he got to cover one of Eminem's songs, but Eminem wouldn't let him do a music video for it. Uh, uh, you know, the whole Clio thing, we're going to get to that here soon. So I'm not even going to touch it yet, but uh, there's all kinds of times where, uh, you know, uh, somebody said no, and he just, he ended up not doing that song, uh, but he said, it's very, very rare. Most of the time it's a straight out. Yes. Uh, one of the ones that was stood out to me was James Blunt had this song. And I remember the song because I had this album uh, where it's called you're beautiful. And he did the cover of, of a, a, and his was you're pitiful. And it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> and James Blunt has said, yes, you can do that. He didn't care. He thought it was great. But James Blunt's uh, record company said no. And that's why he didn't release it on an album, but you can still find it. He released it on the uh, internets, as they say. Uh, But it's really good. I highly recommend it. It's quite awesome. In uh, 1982, when Weird Al and his band were first kind of getting a name for themselves, they opened for the new wave band Missing Persons, who were apparently very huge at that time. Uh, but uh, the crowd that showed up to see missing persons uh, were not hip to be square as we know says, <laughs> says, and didn't know who he was and did not appreciate him doing his comedy songs. So he said for the entire 45 minutes, cause he refused to get off stage uh, before 45 minutes. Cause that's what he, he was paid to do. Uh, they got booed and had stuff, stuff thrown at them the whole time. And he said, what really kept this night off was when he was walking to his car, this teenager saw him and said, Hey, Weird owl, you suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, goes, he said it was a great night. It's <laughs> such a weird Al story, though, too. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. oh my God. With him with his mustache <laughs> and his shaggy hair, just yeah. Just walk it, just play it a just get booed because nobody gets who you
0: are. And then an a an a-hole teenager walks up to you and does that to just cap off the night. Yeah. But it sounds like it does sound like a teenager thing, though, too, right? Like it's oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it definitely happened. Like I, don't, I, I believe that story wholeheartedly. <laughs> yes. Oh, so you know that uh, parody of the Madonna song, "Like a Virgin," "Uh, Like a Surgeon" that he did. Oh, yeah, that was Madonna's idea. She had she said she had mentioned, "Hey, why hasn't Weird Al done like like a surgeon or something like that?" And that got to his manager, and the manager gave him and was like, "Oh, I got to do that," and a song was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mentioned that Nirvana kind of helped bring back Weird Al because before the Nirvana hit huge, Weird Al put out an album that wasn't, you know, it was kind of a flop and Nirvana came around and he was like, well, I want to do this. The one that's like, like smells like teen spirit, which was a humongous song. And, but his is going to be all about how you can't understand them. And uh, there's a very famous story of Nirvana was playing on Saturday night live. And we had a friend on the cast, Victoria Jackson, and she asked for him. Uh, and they were very ecstatic about it because they loved Weird Al. And he said, yes, yes. And it was such a – and when you go back and watch this music video, literally he had the same t- uh, the same cheerleaders from the original video in his, uh, the same janitor who's in that in that one in his. Like he he made sure he really got the aesthetic of this video down pat.
1: That's, that's awesome.
0: And uh, he said later on Weird Al, I saw this interview with Weird Al, and he was talking about Kurt Cobain, and he said that Cobain – uh, you know, they found some of his writings and stuff, like his uh, journals and such. And he actually said that Weird Al and his writings at Weird Al was a genius. And he goes, I don't know if he was joking or not, but it was just an honor that he was even thinking about me. Wow. <laughs> Which that's, is kind of cool.
1: That is really cool. I know people, I know Kurt Cobain had a terrible ending, you know, to his life, but oh, yeah. a lot of people ha- hold him and his, his opinions on music in very, very high regard. So that's uh, yeah, for sure. That's
0: really cool. All right. And it's true that Coolio at first oh, that's yeah. the key here at first i did not like amish paradise he felt his song gangster's paradise was way too serious and that this song was taken away from it uh, and he said later on though he started really thinking about it because he was actually really mad and upset at first but he said later on he was when he had some time he's very much thinking about it and he was like you know who am i he was michael jackson's cool with it all these other artists are cool with it you know, why am I being like this? And then they got to meet in person and pretty much buried everything. And they became, uh, you know, and, and they really like each other. So, uh, you know, that beef is long since been squashed. And we're all said that it started as a misunderstanding anyway, because he thought he had gotten permission to do it. Uh, but, you know, there's apparently some really bad uh, communication going across between both parties. Oof. And all right, here's my favorite one though, Matt. There's one artist who repeated. Immediately told Weird Al no. Do you know who that is? It's a big name.
1: I know it, but I'm going to leave the suspense to
0: you for the audience. (laughs) It is, of course, Prince. Prince would tell him no all the time to the point where Weird Al said, I get it. I'm not going to ask anymore. But here's where it gets even wilder. The night before an American Music Awards, I love this part. Weird Al, Weird Al received a note from Prince's lawyers, and this note stated that since Weird Al was going to be sitting near Prince for this (laughs) for this Music Awards, that he had better not even look at Prince during this whole thing. Prince did not want to even be looked at. This is true, by the way. This is true. And the reason we know this is true because Weird Al was not the only one who got this note. Apparently, some other uh, big names that were sitting near him also got the same note. You don't look at Prince. I mean, this is ridiculous.
1: What an uh, an egomaniac. Like, I love
0: Prince and his music, but get over yourself, man. Yeah. Uh, But here's here's the funny part, though. Weird Al said he still kind of stole a couple looks. (laughs) (laughs) Which you got to, right? If somebody's going to send you that note, you got to look. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You You have to look. Like,
1: how do you – no eye contact. What if he makes – what if he accidentally makes
0: eye contact with you? Are you guilty? Yeah. Do you got to, like, veer away or something? Horrible. (laughs) Got to look the other way. That's so wild. But, yeah, so that's Johnny's Did You Know. Matt, I think it's time for us to get into where does Weird Al kind of fit in pop culture? I think he's just going to be here to stay for as long as he wants to be. You know, there's there's always going to be a hit song on the radio, and he has the ability to. That's one of the big things about him and his band too. Is I don't think a lot of people realize how much talent it takes to be able to cover all these different genres of music. I mean, it's a wild, it's a wide variety of different types of music.
1: Oh yeah, between between rap rock, uh, I'm sure country pop. All yep. sorts of stuff they've done always done a good job. It's ob- the the beat is obviously very you know parodied, um, but you get you can tell like when you start to hear it like a, five to ten seconds in you know what song is being parodied, which is yeah. uh, which is really good you know it it's it, it's it's fantastic yeah the, the, this whole it's like pro wrestling where it's just like this anomaly where it's 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 such a unique
0: piece of entertainment at least in my opinion. Yes. And also, I mean, he's just so well-beloved now. I don't see him going anywhere. And like I said before, he literally defines his genre that he's a, that he's in. And there's just always going to be music for him to parody if he wants to. I, I mean, there's been plenty of instances where other uh, comedy musical acts... Come and went, uh, you know, and they're just like a one, just a little whisper in the wind, as they say, and then they're just gone, and you barely even hear about them anymore. And they've turned into that that whole, uh, hey, do you remember so and so? Oh yeah, they became, they kind of become that yeah. weird Al, just somebody that everybody still knows. You know who Weird Al is? 100 I got his Funko Pops right here in front of me. Uh, this dude is crazy popular still. Uh, I am always on the lookout for his for his next song after we do this i'm going to listen to some more weird al more than likely uh but yeah uh, i think he's kind of here to stay matt and uh, i think we're all the better for it no without a doubt uh there's been nobody that's
1: even come like close to him at all that's the thing that blows my mind is that you know he's still the king of this right nobody has ventured i mean You get people who make comedy music, you know, you get Adam Sandler has a a comedy song every now and then. Uh, I think Stephen Lynch was doing comedy music for a little while. Yes. Um, Yeah. And but nobody's doing what. Weird Al did to his level
0: at all. To me, I think the closest was Tenacious D, right? That's kind of the yeah. Closest. That's probably fair, but even I, I still, I, I still hold like
1: Weird Al like leagues and leagues above Tenacious D. I, oh, same definitely. here. Yeah, same here. But I think as I, to me, they got the closest when it comes to popularity. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair point. I almost forgot about Tenacious D. That's I almost did. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's honestly it speaks about like he's just. Once something new happens, once something new garners attention, there's always somebody who follows it. Somebody, always somebody who tries to follow up, tries to do it better. And yeah, it, it just, that's just weird. Al's like legacy. It's like, it's crazy. Who would have thought making parody songs that I do at work, you know, about various food items would get this man like immortalized, immortalized. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. You're right. He's he's basically immortal now. He's going to be remembered for a long, long time. Uh, and, you know, also, just here's a little side note. On all his albums, if you haven't listened to them, he also put some original songs on there, too. And a lot of those are quite good as well. Uh, I remember one, specifically, his, his label wanted him to do a Christmas song. And he's like, okay. So he does this whole song about Santa Claus literally going crazy and insane and killing all his reindeer and all his elves. So that's what he did in response to that and it's a great song by the way it's really funny uh but yeah so even his original stuff's really good he always also does these polka melodies where he covers some of the big hits uh, in polka form and i love those too because they're really done crazy well and i don't uh, hate but polka yeah music. I, I don't hate it i don't go look i don't, I don't go, go looking for it i don't same. go looking for it but if it pops up i'll sit there and listen yeah same same Especially if you're covering a song that I know in polka form, it's kind of fascinating to listen to, uh, but yeah. So I think he's here to stay Matt and you agree with me. So that's weird. All Yankovic, uh, we're all better for him being around, but Matt, I think the people want to know how are you going to follow up the weather channel? What are we talking? about, <laughs> Dude, I could just talk about poop and I could feel I could follow the weather channel
1: really well. Um, I actually have some props. I hope I don't blow this. Hold on.
0: Hold okay, on. hold on I have a prop for this he's getting some props I'm gonna I'll describe this since this is a audio medium all right hold on he's getting these props still i'm this is really making me uh interested in oh, okay he's he's clanging some bottles together so bottles are being clanged warriors come out and play warriors
1: come out and play. We are talking about the 1979 cult classic film and this really sweet video game that followed it almost 30 years later, the Warriors. Uh, That is what our topic is going to be. I've been addicted. I've been thinking about it all week. And uh, I was, again, I, I, it's always such a tough choice because you know, uh, what, what do you pick? You get, you get one, you know, essentially one or two episodes a month. What, at least for a choice uh, from our end, what do you pick? And the Warriors have been on my mind. I just, I just restarted playing the game last night um, and I just like, I got to talk about it. Got to talk about it. Got to get off my chest. So I think a pretty, pretty, you know, all right. Follow up to the weather channel.
0: I think so. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So stay tuned for that. As always, we thank you all for listening. We very much appreciate each and every one of you. And it makes us quite happy that anybody even listens. So it's, it's, it's pretty mind blowing what you all are, are, or, or how cool you all have been. You know, we very much appreciate it. Uh, go like our Facebook page, the Retro Pop Facebook page. Matt does a fantastic job with it, he's always updating it. Uh, so uh, make sure you go check that out and join it and join our thriving community there. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks for listening. Uh, for Matt Johnson, I'm Johnny Townsend. Uh, and what can I say? But let's all dare to be stupid. guys, we've
1: been in this haunted house for like 15 hours, and if we want to get home to our favorite food and pornography, we're gonna have to come up with a plan! Hey, why don't we try leaving through one of those spooky looking doors?
0: Wait, whoa, whoa, doors, like an exit door. Yeah, maybe we should get on that. Then. Hold on a second, these doors are labeled.
1: This one says Dracula on it.
0: And this one says beware zombies. That's probably the exit. And the last one just says naked Hmm. Tough call. Mm. I got an idea! On three, we're gonna open them all at once. All right, let's do it. Ready? One, One, two, two, three. three! Damn, Damn That's scary.
1: scary. Damn That's Scary is our new favorite podcast where we talk about all things horror.
0: Tune in to get the latest horror news, long-form movie reviews and all kinds of other scary shit.
1: Mummies, wolfmen, vampires, chupacabras, lizard people, impolite Canadians, we do it all. So if you like horror podcasts and we know you do,
0: check out Damn That's Scary. New episode's every week. And remember,
1: keep it spooky.